Hello, I'm Paul. I'm Adam. And I'm Ben. And welcome to the Film Busters Podcast. The film show with no filters, no prisoners taken, loads of disagreements, but one hell of a love for cinema. If you want to hear three friends ridiculing each other for an hour or so regarding their taste in films, then you have come to the right place. In each episode, one of the team picks a film for us to discuss. It could be anything from a recent cinema release to an all-time classic. So, strap in and get ready to get mad or get vindicated as we guide you through the murky world of being a film geek. If you like what you hear, you can also find us on Twitter and Instagram using at Pod. You can also find each of our individual accounts. I'm at FilmBustersPaul. I'm at FilmBustersAdam. And I'm at FilmBustersBen. If you want to use your eyes instead of your ears, you can also visit the website at filmbusterspod.co.uk and if busting makes you feel good you can also support us at patreon.com forward slash filmbusters for exclusive content alright can we just get on with this now please filmbusters so since this uh, episode is being brought to us from our, our very good uh, musical friend Sean Panda Nicholson yeah and before we talk about things musical all things musical let's start off with all things musical we had our uh, wrap up of Spotify and, and Apple uh, oh yes we all had it through right and uh, I decided to listen to the top songs from you boys like the, the oh, top song you? for you boys uh, last night <laughs> but not my one but yes, the zombies I, I, yes so I have questions so first of all Paul your your uh, top played song was 3,287 plays or something like that yeah and it's like from my without having any context of it it's mm-hmm. like a minute 20, it's yep. all instrumental, and it's like a video game music or something. That's it, yeah. Right. I can only assume this was for Woody. It is. But what does? why does he listen to that so much? Because I would assume for kids, they need a few lyrics in there to sing along to it. But since there's no uh, lyrics, what does he do is, listening to the, that? This is the thing. So the bedtime routine, right, is to, to go to bed, we read a book, and after we've read the book, we put on a little, like a little song, uh, just for him to go to sleep to. And normally we just leave it on, and we normally turn it off by the time we go to bed. And one right. of his favourites is li- to listen to Plants vs Zombies, and it's like the theme tune from it. And it's like, is that even a game anymore? It's all, it's all over everywhere, all over YouTube and stuff. So people are still playing it. I don't know whether it's people still actually. It's playing right now, actually, Paul, isn't it? Everyone can hear it. Oh yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. It's li- yeah, yeah. it's playing right now, so you could hear it. Um, and that's why it plays so many times because it just loops over and over. So like, ima- imagine me and Zoe just leaving Woody sleeping for an hour. If it's only a minute. Yeah, if it's only a minute I see. long, yes. it's probably about, probably about two hours playing for that m- amount of time. And that's why it plays so many times. What do you play that on your phone? No, we've got a little Echo Dot that sits in Woody's room. I oh, see. So listening to him as well. Mm, Jeff yeah. Bezos has all of his information and he's only yes. three years old. <laughs> I was wondering, when I was listening to it, I was thinking, actually, I'm not sure if this is for Woody or if this is like, you know, concentration music for you or something. For me, yeah. <laughs> I was I was legitimately wondering. It's very obscure. Very obscure. Well, that was your most listened to. Thank you for mm. clarifying that. 3,287 times. Adam, yours was a Kendrick Lamar track, which I had never heard before. Was it? Yes, called Mr. Morales. No, his mm-hmm. album, Mr. Elias and the Big Steppers. Yeah, but the song, your most played song, because it was on the, your most no, played song. most songs. played album. What? My most played song was by Bicep. Oh, don't make a fool out of me live on the podcast. Oh, he's making a fool out of you live on the podcast. Well, I'll tell you what. I, I listened to the Mr. Morales anyway. 
Listen, the album is very me, good. Is this new um, album? This new Kendrick Lamar's new album? Yes. I'm going to see if you're lying to me because I'm just checking here. No. Adam's a liar, man. He tries to make a fool out of me. <laughs> Mr. Morale is your top played song, right? No, that's the top best. All that one. Yes, I see albums. that also. So there is a page that says out of 121 albums played, these are your top five, and Mr. Morale is at the top. Then on the next thing that you shared with us, it says your most played songs, and Mr. Morale has 60 plays. Then second, Wetleg has 47 plays. Yeah, they're, they're all albums. Oh. Lord, well, give me strength. Yes. Anyway, <laughs> it's beside the point. My well, point anyway, is, how was it? <laughs> but, well, I realise that this is any Kendrick Lamar song. It just sounds like this. You ready? Go on. This, this, regardless. If you tell me Kendrick's got new music, this is what it's going to sound like. Ready? Yeah. Hit it! 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 And all the 20 year olds are losing their fucking minds. I'm sure he's saying good stuff. I do like it. right. But that's what it sounds like all the time. That's what the album. You pick any Kendrick song, you'll hear it. Do you agree with this statement, Adam? I yeah. I mean yeah. If you become perfect, if you speak like that, yes. There you go. Well, perfect impression. Yep. But what was your what was your best played song or most played song on Spotify then, Ben? Well, mine was Lighthouse, and uh, oh, coming full circle, you can go and listen to Dear Sean Panda Nicholson's podcast, where he kindly invited me on as a guest, and I talk mm. about why I love that song so much. Yeah, yeah, it is a great song. Only 26 plays, not 3,287. No, well, that is Woody's fault, isn't it? Yes. That's what you get when you have a little boy who loves to listen to the same music while he's sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. So that's the music episode. There we go, and it's it's fitting. So, Sean Pound and Nickerson, this is your episode. You you picked a film for us to watch. It was once from 2007. You're kicking off the 2007 round on Filmbusters. Yes. So we're all going to pick films from 2007 from now on until until we've all picked one, basically. I remembered I um, decided what my 2007 film is yet. Is it your pick today? Apparently, it's my pick next. It is. Oh shit! You better pick. But um, if you if you would like to do something like this and pick some films for us uh, to watch and talk about, then you can become a patron at www.patreon.com forward slash filmbusters and you can get loads of exclusive benefits like exclusive episodes. You can pick the episodes, you can come on the show, depending on what tier you pick. But you can become a patron just for the small amount of one single pound and you can get over over 40 episodes at the moment for that single pound. So it's all pretty nice. It is pretty nice. Hmm, hmm. Should we uh, slowly move on to what we're talking about today and go on to our staple of every episode? The quiz? Yes. Yeah. Is that the staple? It's the staple of every episode. Okay, well, fair enough. Do we do the 2007 history first? Oh, yes. I can't remember if we do or if we do questions first. Mm, I can't remember what we do first. Whatever you want to do first. I think we do 2007 first. Let's do that first then. Right. I thought it would be the other way around. Uh, go on, you set it up again, Paul. I can just keep it in. 
Okay, but we I, keep it in. We keep it in. There you go, behind the scenes, folks. Um, so, yeah, with the new round, brings new history, new landmarks. So here's some 2007 things that uh, happened that you m- might not believe, because I don't know about you boys, 2007 doesn't feel like all that long ago to me. Mm, no, definitely not. And that age where it doesn't. But the funny thing is, 2007 was closer to Adam's birth than it is to where he is now, which is scary. Wow. Yeah, yes. Whereas for me, that 2007 is recent history. Mm. I was well. Anyway, so here's what happened in 2007, boys. You ready? Here's a cheery. Yes. Here's a cheery one to start it off. Madeline McCann disappears from her family's hotel in Portugal. Oh shit! Still missing to this day. Now, yeah. doesn't it feel like she's been missing for a lot longer? Yeah, definitely. Gordon Brown becomes prime minister in the UK after Tony Blair steps down. Okay. The deadly H5N1 strain of bird flu is found at a Bernard Matthews turkey farm in Suffolk and there is panic in the UK. Panic on the streets of London. Panic Panic on the streets streets of Birmingham. Mm. I wonder to myself. US Senator Barack Obama announces his presidential bid. 2007. Mm. Apple's Mm. iPhone is released in the USA. The first iPhone, 2007 only. Mental, eh? The first FA Cup final at the new Wembley Stadium took place. Adam, do you know who won it? The score? Yes. I don't know who won it. I know Chelsea won it. I don't. Two one. I want to say one nil. Who'd they beat? Uh, Portsmouth. Man United. It was Man United that year. Terrorists drive a jeep into the entrance of Glasgow International Airport, and the locals pile out and beat the shit out of them. I remember that. That's how you handle it. Wow, are we smoking? Smoking in public and workplaces was banned in England. Okay, well that, in public smoking ban in public places, you know, like in, in pubs um, and stuff. Yeah. Oh right. <laughs> I thought yeah. you put this out in the street. Internal places. That's <laughs> yeah, crazy. Yeah. Two thousand seven. Uh, and uh, the follow-up to Live Aid's the Live Earth concerts took place and are held throughout nine major cities across the world. Look I remember that. that was the first time that I properly listened to Pink Floyd because they reformed for that. It was a big deal. And I was like, oh, baby, these guys are good. No and you'll never get baby. to see them. And that's some 2007 stuff. Loving it. I love it. I love this little bit of knowledge. And it does feel like so much longer, all that stuff. It does, doesn't it? The, the yeah. Madeleine McCann one blows my mind. That really feels like something. It feels like a horror story from childhood rather than something that happened yeah, for quite sure. recently. Yeah, for sure. Right. Well, thank you, Ben. Shall we now move on to the staple of every episode? Yes. Right. If Paul gets both of these points, Adam is out of the quiz and the only person who can catch him is me because of the amount of episodes we've got left this year. If we do okay. that, shall I become the host and answer two questions at the end of the year for you two? Uh, no. <laughs> because Ben wants to control the questions. Yes. Adam is uh, being very passive-aggressive in the WhatsApp group on the sides. He's pointing out quite clearly, this is songs, this is albums. <laughs> well, I'm just helping you. So for reference, his oh, top song... He's helping you, Ben. He's top, helping you. His top most played song was Atlas by Bicep. No one's ever heard of that. But for some reason, he's decided that he is a uh, 20-year-old and Mr. Brightside is also one of his most played yeah, songs. I don't know why that is why? up there, to be honest. And that and it's, the, the Pitman. It's a very song. lizard. It's a very lizard song to listen to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The bright side of the <laughs> lamp. Turn the lamp on in my little <laughs> tank, please. <laughs> your UV lamp. I don't know why it's up there, to be honest. But yeah, there are some songs in there that I think just get shuffled in a playlist, and they always just seem to be there every year. I mean, it's only ten plays, which isn't a lot. Getting very defensive. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, boys uh, and listeners, 
This is the part of the episode where I ask the boys a quiz question, two quiz questions about the film that we've just watched. If they get the questions right, they get the point. If they get the questions wrong, I get the point. Currently, Paul is in the lead with 30 points. I'm in second place with 27. Oh, that's close. Mm. And Adam is in last place with 22. It's all or nothing for Adam on these two questions. Mm-hmm. Here we go. What are the opening lyrics to the award-winning Falling Slowly? Catch me when I fall Or I won't come back at all that's, that's good, but it's not the one. That's fucking um. What's his name? Na, 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 na. Um, I don't know who sang that song, but yeah, I don't uh, know. Na, oh, because of N. Nice. Stars catch me when I fall, or I won't come back at all. Paul, have you any indication? Uh, no, no, go on. Oh dear, the opening lyrics to Falling Slowly are, "I don't know you, but I want you all the more for that." I would never know that. No. Never know that. It was sung several times in a film. I know. That's a point for me. Number two. The girl has a problem with her vacuum cleaner. Mm-hmm. What is the remedial work that needed to be done on it? Change the filter. It's not the one, Adam. Change the motor. It's not the one, Paul. Oh. That's two points for Benny Boy this week. It needed the belt replaced. Oh, that is, it. yes. It was the belt. Yes, yes, it was, yes. The belt replaced. The belt replaced. So, yourself. listeners, and Adam, bad news, brother. You're out. Actually, you know what? You're not. Because Paul didn't score any points there, if you were to score all remaining points this year, you would tie with Paul. Okay. Look at that. So you're still in the mix, just put, but put I put the work in, Adam. Come on. I am one behind Paul. Have we ever had a year where a host has gone back to back? Oh uh, yeah, it's not always me and you going back to back. No, no, yeah. I mean as I mean a host. Oh the no, same. no, yeah, no. Paul stayed on, isn't he? No, because I think it kind of goes to think that the host has tried to make themselves win. <laughs> well, there you go. And and there's new rules this time, baby. Remember, like we said, whoever wins picks who's the host. That's the prerogative. Okay, they can nice. choose to be Let's do that, yeah. or nominate. I think I like we all that. know which way it's going next year. Yeah. <laughs> Cotless who wins this. <laughs> uh, there we go. Cheers. Thank you. That was good. Thank Should you. Should we talk about once? Let's talk about once. I've got a there, yeah? Mm-hmm. This is in C, yeah? Yeah, okay, I can see that. Okay. So it goes, Sam. Um, Da goes da 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 Yeah? And then there's a bit in it. Can you can you do that? Brilliant. And then there's another part that goes that So you have those two bits, mm-hmm. and the chorus goes. Da, 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 Perfect. Brilliant. So do you want to give a spin? Yes. Okay. Right. <clears throat> 
Okay, everyone. This is us talking about Once. This is a film that's been suggested by Sean Pando Nicholson. This is Once from 2007 by John Carney. Uh, this is a spoiler episode. So if you've not watched the film, you might want to go watch it first before we spoil it terribly for you. Otherwise, just let us spoil it terribly for you. Um, I can tell you right now, there's no one in this film that has been in films we've done before. No one no. at all? No. I mean, that's it's not hardly really surprises it. No. So, that means we move directly on to Adam explain the plot. This is about a man who likes to play his guitar in the middle of Dublin. And he's sitting there, he's shumbling along, he gets a little incident at the beginning. Um, little incident? Yeah, he does, and he chases <laughs> a little naughty boy. And, uh, yeah, but then he, this, he meets this girl on the street, and they have a weird love slash friendship story that happens throughout the film and talk about their problems and he's trying to make it as a musician weird love yes. yeah uh, nobody that's knows what it is well we'll talk about that here's some background for you on it so director John Carney was originally in a band John called Carpenter the F- yes yeah John Carpenter <laughs> uh, was originally in a band called The Frames with Glenn Hansard the guy who plays the guy in this um, and he originally earmarked actor Killian Murphy for the lead role in Once because Murphy had some background as a musician but Murphy A wasn't sure that he could act alongside um, someone who had no acting experience which was uh, Marquetta Glover who was 17 at the time and was a musician but also he wasn't convinced that he would be able to convincingly pull off Glenn Hansard's vocals because Glenn Hansard had written all the songs in advance for the film Killian Murphy just didn't think he'd be up up for it so instead Carney who played bass in the frames turned to Glenn Hansard um, and asked him if he would do it and he said yes they shot it over three weeks on two handy cams at friends places using natural light they only spent about a hundred grand on the whole thing oh wow that's nice yes and it ended up making I haven't got the figure in front of me but for that 100 grand that they spent on it I believe it ended up taking 28 and a half million dollars back wow, at the box office so it did very well took its cast from the streets of Dublin to the stages of Hollywood because at the 80th Academy Awards both Glover and Hansard won the Oscar for best original song for Falling Slowly and during the acceptance speech when Glenn Hansard closed his remarks by saying, make art, make art, the music began playing and cut off Marquita Arglova before she could say anything. And in a break from tra- tradition, John Oliver brought her back to the stage after the ad break so that she could make her comments as well. And she closed with the inspiring words, no matter how far your dreams are, it is possible. It spawned a stage show and uh, many other things. Nice. Very nice. That's a nice That's little nice. story. I like that. Yeah, yeah, nice. It makes me like the film a little bit more, actually. Mm. Oh, well, there you go. Uh, do we want to kick this off before we do our first thoughts of Sean's first yeah, initial thoughts that. about this? Let's do okay. that. You go ahead and read it. Do you want me to do that, yeah? Yeah. Okay. 
Okay, so Sean has to say, Once is one of those films I find hard to recommend because it feels so personal to me. However, I think John Carney's realistic, almost documentary approach is sensational. He manages to get Oscar-worthy performances from two charismatic amateurs, seemingly with ease, and the chemistry between them is amazing. The heart-wrenching way in which you watch these two do this sort of courtship dance and ultimately fail to get together always hits me square in the chest and leaves me breathless. I haven't even mentioned the music, have I? Well, Glenn Hansard and Marquita Iglova are phenomenal and their songs and performances of them are some of my favourites in all of the music verse. That scene in the music shop where they first play together is one of those accurate mm-hmm. and damn near perfect representations of what it's like when you truly connect with another musician. It has to be experienced. I love this film. Even if you all say you hate it, it would not change my mind in any way. It's a 10 out of 10 for me. I absolutely oh, respect that whole thing about uh, no matter what you say, I don't give a fuck. This is yeah, how I course. feel. That that's how it should be about it always. Good. Yeah, man. of course, absolutely wonderful. I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. How did you boys watch this? Netflix. I uh, just realized uh, it's on Netflix. Yeah, it's Netflix. Didn't it? even realize yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, good stuff, Sean. Very good. Very good, Adam. Sean's not here to tell us, so you get to decide whose first impressions <laughs> you want in what order. Well, as always, we just do film busters. Okay, you love going to default, don't you? Yeah, well, I think going. we should go default when it's He loves it. He loves it. Don't care. Let's have I it. love it. Okay, so I went to this blind, and for the first scene, I was uh, I was a little bit lured into believing it could have been like an offbeat comedy with him chasing down that thief, and it was it was a little funny in places, but it certainly wasn't a full blown comedy like I was led to believe. Really, it's just a, a wonderfully sweet little film, and I, I was I was unsure whether the the guy and girl were going to win me round at first, but they did, and I think I think that's the power of the music as well, more than anything. You can you can feel every bit of emotion pouring out from the lyrics in every song, and like the relationship forming through the intent of every song as well, from from then on. Yeah. And to sum it up, I I knew I was sold in it when I was so wrapped up in wanting his dad to approve his album. <laughs> so, so so him saying, like, it's fucking brilliant. It felt like such a win. And uh, it's a very lovely little film, very wholesome. It's almost almost like the before sunset of the music world. Yeah, it's exactly, like. exactly what James said. Yeah. Exactly this, yeah, it had yeah. that written all over it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And with with an ending that I kind of dug too. So that's my first impressions. Very, very nice. Good. Uh yeah, I'm gonna kind of just echo what Paul said there. To be honest, yeah, it it's it's lovely. I I very much enjoyed this film. Uh, I didn't obviously love it. I don't think I loved it as much as um, Sean did. But yeah, I like this the scene in the um, in the piano shop. It was the one that encapsulated. Uh, that's just such a lovely little lovely little moment of them like bonding and yeah, and it's yeah, it's like the before sunset, but with friends rather than relationships and a little less more complicated but less complicated at the same time so uh yeah i thoroughly enjoyed it and i actually really liked it more than i thought i was going to good good well, i find that one hard we're gonna have to unpick that i can't quite tell where you land on it actually adam we'll have okay. to find mm. out as we as we discussed this well, i was very glad when uh sean suggested this because i've got a little bit of a history which i may have mentioned with this film because it was the very first film that Jenny and I ever saw together uh, when we started going out with each other back right at the beginning of 2020, 12, 10 and a half years ago. Um, and I think it probably says a lot about the fact that 
at the beginning of COVID, I got rid of every one of my Blu-ray covers and just whacked everything into a wallet just mm. to save space. But I did keep a very, very small handful of Blu-rays and this was one of them for the sentimental reasons, obviously. Yeah. Um, and that year in 2012, when we saw that film together, we both really liked it. We both very much connected over it, but we were still working out, you know, we were still early on in our relationship. So our conversations weren't, wouldn't have been as deep and, and about it. And also what I was watching at that time wasn't quite that style of film. So I remember thinking, I, I very much like it. I really loved his voice. And we went to Latitude Festival that summer to see Glenn Hansard perform live and his voice is obviously every bit as strong as it is in the film when he is singing and suddenly it starts to swell towards the end and he's almost barking the lyrics like shouting the lyrics but in that really melodic way that he can do that is so fucking powerful and it was at at latitude subsequently so much so boys that i don't know if you realized adam was in control of this on my wedding day at the wedding breakfast Mm. The song "Falling Slowly" played from the planet, which Adam set up, okay. yeah, because it had that significance. Mm. Um, I didn't know that. Yes, and so watching it again yesterday, as I did, it was a very emotional experience because I was lo- the whole film is great anyway because of the fact that it deals with people who are on the brink of going two ways. They've got the past life, past relationships, but also the future and the potential future that they could have together or alone in each other's company and all that that means. And it made me think about the fact that when we first watched that film, we were in that position, very, very new in our relationship with one another, not quite knowing where it would lead. And it was very melancholy for me to think 10 years later, we're married everything that we've been through together and how much more power the songs took on this second time round because mm. of the weight of what they're singing about. I was very, I was at tears many, many times when they were singing songs and the fucking power of it that if you would t- if you tell someone who doesn't, hasn't seen the film, okay, you're going to sit through about 10 to 15 songs played in their entirety in this, not in a musical yeah. way, but just someone singing, you would think, Oh, I'm not sure about that. But, I just adore them as songwriting talents and singers. They're both incredible. And I really love the fact that it's so pure. Like any traditional Hollywood Americanized version of this film, you know that they would have to throw in a couple of hurdles along the way, some drama that they need to navigate so that they can grow and then give you a good bit of closure at the ending. But I love the fact that everything is so pure and like very emotionally beautiful in this because it is just inspiring for the most part Mm. and realistic so at the end when he goes to London it's realistic to believe that despite his girlfriend cheating on him he is going there to be with her it's also realistic to believe he could get there and realise actually I've grown from this and I don't need to be with her I just want to be in London to, to make my career it's also realistic that she after having left her husband or being separated from her husband would also 
decide, oh, maybe I should give it a shot, even if it isn't right. We don't know. At the end, we don't know if it's right for them or not. Mm. But they're on the precipice, and they connected through music with with one another. They absolutely connected through music, and that's why sex didn't matter. That's why a relationship didn't really matter. They shared something arguably more intimate than that. And, um, yeah, I thought it was very beautiful, and it made me, uh, uh, yes, I appreciated it more with age and experience than I did at, at the time. I loved it then, but I love it a lot more now. Mm. I do mm. agree. I feel like it is a film if you watched when you were a little, like 18, 17, I wouldn't have appreciated as much as I did this mm. time. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's, I know, so I know I'm jumping straight to the ending, but it does have that kind of effect, as you say, like it could go any way. But I was, I rewound the ending like a few times just to try and take in every kind of thing that was in the background so when he was in the airport i was like is he actually in london i was thinking is he actually just leaving the airport right now and that's uh-huh. and, and then you see the the bus driving in right at the last shot and i was like is this him arriving yeah. on the bus i, I did like, have and to that's rewind it all like to try and piece it all together again yeah I just like, i think that's I why missed, it's so like... good yeah it's good that it doesn't have a, a solid ending because it adds that kind of like it, it, you have to fill in the blanks yourself depending on what you kind of took from the film I think yeah I think that's why it's good the read the, how, well, how, what's both your interpretation of, of where they're both at at the ending I know we, yeah, we are jumping right to the ending but let's go for it uh, so I, I in my interpretation she's sitting there on the playing her piano and she's just thinking about the time she's had the last couple of weeks she's not really thinking about the moment because she's looking out the window and he is in the airport smiling leaving the airport saying i know what i really want and that bus pulling up is him actually arriving at her apartment what in dublin and you think he's arriving at the girl's apartment? i didn't even think he got on the plane i mean that's interesting because you never see him get on the plane you see him waiting in the in the airport and then you see him walking in the airport the last shot you don't see him on the plane I mean, it's an interesting take. I never considered it that way. I just think the budget didn't let them afford a plane ticket. <laughs> <laughs> because I was, I was so, I was studying what he, the like the behind in the airport. There was pictures on the wall, and there were landmarks. But that could mean anything because they always show landmarks from different countries. So I was thinking, is there anything here that can pinpoint where he actually is right now? But there wasn't. Well, it's interesting. I mean. I would like not to think that that is what happened because mm. I like that it is more a, a, it is less traditional in that these two crossed paths and we're on the border of something happening but the reality is in life it ain't like the movies that doesn't happen sometimes you do connect with someone for a fleeting moment and yeah. for various reasons you don't connect like when he's like do you want to spend the night and she's like fuck you and goes it's because she's like come on I know you are still hung up on your ex we are connecting through yeah. your music absolutely but your music is all about your they're obsession with there. your ex they're both there for a reason of each other's lives but they don't need to be there forever yeah exactly it's that whole thing of some people some people can be in your life for a fleeting moment friends for a reason and friends for a season you got it that's it and I think you know from that moment where after they've gone through that incredible recording session and they're standing talking and he's like, will you come over? And she's like, no, I need to get back. And then he's like, what about tonight? It's almost like begging it. And she's like, okay, I'll come tonight. And then when she doesn't turn up, 
and you're thinking, oh, why, why, what happened? This, that, or the other. Like, for me, I view it as her, from her point of view, it's like we've connected through this almost religious experience recording this music together. It's very spiritual. We're so deeply connected on that level now. That's where I would like to leave the memory of us because my husband is coming back and I have a little girl with him and we're going to try and make it work. We never, she never says that her husband's a bastard or anything like that. It's not like we he hear was just, that. It's he a bad was just living away, wasn't he? Living away and they've drifted apart and it's like, I want to make it work. And I think she's gone back that night and she's like, let me leave it. It's better for him and for me. I just needed to tell him that in the moment so that he could have a feeling of something. But the reality is he's got, he's got to go to London and hopefully not connect with that girl. Maybe he will, but hopefully not. And he'll just go his own route as a as a independent musician in London with those tra- with those tracks. And I think if he pulled up at her house when she has already said to him, "My husband's coming over, and I'm trying to make it work," and he's got a little mm. girl, that's poor form on his part. If he did that, that would not be a nice thing, especially as she intentionally didn't come to him that night before. Yeah. I see. I've totally been reading. I I don't have no respect for the other two partners in the relationship because she did, he didn't respect her and she's he's gone away and left her and did, never respected her music and left her with her her daughter and it's like and the girlfriend cheating on him it's like why would you want those other relationships to work I do, I don't want those I think there's two to reasons work. to go I think he no he's he's forcing himself to go there because of the woman being there but he's really going there to better his career that's it. He's like, the reason he's telling everybody and he's telling himself is he doesn't take it, he wants to take his music seriously, but he likes to think it's a little bit amateur still. But he knows by going to London, his career is going to benefit rather than his relationship. Yeah. And even if on some level he doesn't realise that and he's like, I'm going for the girl, I think from from what we've watched in that film, the growth in his character and the, the music he now believes in himself and his his music enough that when he gets there, if he, even if he is with her for a bit, we don't want him to be with her. We just want him to go to London and make it. And also he's now sure enough in himself to make it work in the, yeah. on his terms rather than her terms. Yeah. Fuck that bitch. Yeah, I know. I agree. I don't I don't like her. But the, the husband thing, uh, her husband, I, I wasn't sure about that because is that the case? Was he in Dublin? I thought that they were elsewhere and... They were in Czech. I thought they were in Czech Republic, and and they moved to Dublin, and he couldn't come for one reason or another. I didn't think that he was in Dublin, and left. I don't know, but just the way that she was speaking about him, as if like it wasn't the best relationship. I think that's right. I think they drifted apart. Mm. But that's you know, it's it's that thing of people can drift apart, but also drift try and make it work as well. You mm. know, when people are having troubles in their relationship. But I felt like their relationship they built together, they they could have made it. She literally said she loved him. Yeah, I know. In, but in Czechoslovakian, it's more real. It's realistic. Yeah, yeah. It's really, it, it, of course, it's realistic. It's a. a but they, could, they would always maybe see it as that was the lost love. Yeah, and, and both, I have hope that maybe that it can't. It doesn't have to be a lost love. Yeah, well, there is always that hope. There is always that hope. It would be nice to think that. But also the other thing is, as the um, beginning of it, like, here's one thing that you can't distance from, is that right up until that point where, where he says, do you want to spend the night? He really knows nothing about her. It's all been about him. And she 
lights his music and she needs her vacuum repaired and they spend all this time talking about his ex it's all about him mm. and then she's that's why she's like fuck you it ain't happening then the next day when she he goes to her house he realizes she has this whole other life her mum is her mum is here she has this little girl she's married totally different life connected through music yes mm. and good people but that is their connection through the beauty of music and songwriting and their intimacy comes from the scene in the shop where she sits down starts playing the piano and then he begins playing the guitar and they write that song together it's like lovers exploring each other's bodies for the first time as they play that track it feels fucking so intimate man mm. beautiful more intimate than any scene on screen of them kissing or sharing a tender moment could have been because of yeah, what sure. yeah, how, yeah. How, and they're like the fact that they are connected on CD on record after that session as well it is bittersweet that they don't end up together of course but it's but quite it depends on what way you're looking way. at it though still I see it as a hope, hopeful end at the end hopeful that they will how, be together yeah I see it as he's the way I read it is that after the film ends in the credits they are together that's how I read it I'd never read it like that then and I still don't mm. I don't think that is I don't think that's the intention but maybe I just it's, that is just like the I guess the 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 romantic person in me thinking that all these all the stars align in your life and it could just be a coincidence but it also could be fated that this is supposed to happen and they met each other and they made music together and they what they had is beautiful why can't that be what their life should be them together but they, but they had that beauty so in many ways right they both gave each other a gift for her, not turning up that night after saying, I'll come later, make sure that he goes to London. Because there's yeah. every time, if she went that night... She would have stopped him. She would have stopped it, Or he or they would have shared some embrace or something and he would have been like, I want to be here with you. But she's like, you go to London. My husband's coming. i got a little girl. We're going to try and make it work. And he, as a parting gift, sends her that piano, like, keep music in your life. It's a, it's a bittersweet, beautiful ending. They both give each other a gift. And the gift is be free. Do do your thing. Do this thing that gives you so much pleasure in life, which for both of them is is music. And yeah. they connect on it and give it to each other as a parting gift. It's totally bittersweet, but very, very beautiful and so believable. It's heartbreaking in a way, yeah, absolutely. And yes, it is a romantic vision and it would be great for them to be together because rather than any Hollywood film you really believe in these guys yeah, that's mm. where it differs from that um, before the before trilogy isn't it because yeah. if that, this was more Hollywood they would have got together yes. but I kind of enjoy the fact that they don't yeah me too and yeah, I think it works in I'm not just late off the end of the I love the fact that they got together in the end of the before it's more of a romantic young love than this yeah. is more of a middle age isn't it they're both at those crossroads in their lives where they can either start again or carry on with what they've got. Yeah. That's the sequel though, right? In the in the first one, they don't actually get together. They do, don't they? No, and then in the sequel, they never actually met up with each other. Don't they? Yeah, they were uh, meant to come back in seven years. Yeah. I can't remember if they... Sh yeah, they had sex in the first one. I swear they did. They did have but sex they, in the first one. But they said, in a year's time, we're going to meet. And but, it was a very meet. but it was a very romantic... A very romantic, what do you call it? Encounter rather than this is... 
more platonic, isn't it? Yeah. It is oh, it is but know, man. They, they are probing. It, I it's, think, yeah, they want they both want to, but they both know it's not the best idea. The he, best idea is to go back to the cheating girlfriend and the husband who just left him left. Yeah, but so you can long. go in relationships and not leave someone but have to work stuff out. I know. Quite Look, a grown up on. way of looking at it. It's the grown oh, it is a grown up way of looking at it. It is it is a more mature look at the complexity of human relationships in that his heart has been broken by his girlfriend and he still pines for her. He's created all this amazing music out of the heartbreak that she has caused him. And that music has almost taken on an, a life of its own as the film goes on because the more he records and pursues and writes along with her, he almost purges the ex out of his system. So it is a case of, I'm going to London. Maybe he will be with her. Maybe they will make it work, but hopefully not. And hopefully he will just go his own path as a musician. And I'm really not sure about the relationship with that, with her husband, what exactly the deal was there. I don't think that he was meant to be this terrible person. I just think it was a case of they went separate separate ways for I think some it was reason. A, more a case of, like, just from the the way they shot it at the end was, this is for my daughter. Because there, wasn't that, there didn't seem any kind of, like, love between them. She was just off playing the piano. And he was playing with the door. No, I just think he's... And she's looking out the window. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but I think that she's playing music. She's caught in the... Yes. They they are both wistfully thinking to that connection that they have, mm. you know? I can, I can kind of also see what you mean about her not turning up. Because it's more of a... You have this, you have this hurdle to overcome first before, in, in my opinion... Mm. before we could even be, ever be together it's like this is your focus you need to either overcome it and be with her or or literally like wipe the slate clean and be like hey this is not actually what I needed because he was so focused on writing songs about her so he should have yes gone to London but then it could also have been that 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 um her not turning up and him making the decision to go to London was like okay no this is actually not what I want mm. or what I need I think he needed to go to London regardless, whether it's for the music or for... In the way the film portrayed it, I'm not saying you have to do that in life, but like the way the film portrayed it was he had to go to London, whether it's for his career or for the woman. And, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, uh, it, it's small town mentality. If he'd stayed in Dublin with her, it wouldn't have felt romantic. It would have felt like... A missed opportunity. Mm. Yeah, it would have him sticking in his own ways, busking. He would have still hence carried why he on wants to her, it. Hence, why he wants her to come to London. But like she said, I got a kid. My mum's here. Yeah, she got her own people to look after. Yeah. He had to go. Sure. He had to fly. He had to go do his music, and she, you know, she's going to make it work with us. But we don't get the indication that she is unhappy about the fact that her husband is no, coming she's over. Not. She ch she chose to actively chose them. They were on the little bike and stuff, wasn't it? Like that. Yeah. There is never a moment where she he is on the balance of things. It's quite clear that he is a bit more infatuated with her. Which well, starts the other way around, doesn't it? <laughs> Regardless, what? even though she actually says she loves him. I know that, but it's <laughs> she doesn't love him. She doesn't love him. She's playing in that moment ever so slightly, knowing like I, I have this power. I love you. There is something beautiful in you. I, I don't know though, man. The way, the way that 
the way that it's, it's played in the film by her speaking it in Czech and you as the audience not knowing what she says and it's never said what she says you actually have to do the research mm -hmm. it's like you have to put the work in to find out that she actually loves him but the other thing is that moment was completely improvised at that moment between the two of them which okay. one was that when he's saying how do you say uh do oh. you still love him in check and then yeah, she yeah. says and then and then he asks the question and then she says something back in check yeah. and he's like what does that mean it means i love you yeah which is a nice, it's a very sweet, nice moment between these two connected individuals. I'm not, they do love each other. And in at a different point in life, they may have, they, they may have walked the path together, but they yeah. are, this is the thing, this is the thing, they are at two different stages of, of their lives. He is on the precipice, of, he's had his heartbreak from this long-term relationship, and now he's pursuing music. He has to go that route. She is on the precipice. She's got her kid, she's over here with her mum, her, her husband's been away for a while and now they're going to try and rekindle things they're on two different paths but it doesn't matter because they've come together and they've connected in this beautiful moment it doesn't feel like oh that was a waste that was for nothing it feels like we created something beautiful together now let's go our, our separate ways I no I, I agree yeah I agree it's uh it will always be like a regret that was his moment to leave it was yeah because it would always be a regret that what would happen if I actually went and like followed this journey and see where it went with my music yeah but i'm it, still hopeful that he will return for a one day well that would be nice yeah. i still i i, I kind of hope that sh she worked it out as well uh, i don't think she I, I don't feel like she even cares i feel like it's all for the daughter well maybe that mm. is i don't know though i don't i just don't do you know what we need to find the detail out here i'm just gonna check that scene where she's talking about her husband so he can talk with some actual okay knowledge about the fucking situation fuck's sake he says that she has a husband yeah it surprises me and two years ago when i found out i'm pregnant with ivanka so where is he he's back in czech republic it's over now and you know i came here on my own so she left there you go but she said it's over. So yeah. she, especially seeing as she left him. Yeah, but you know, if they, they separate, that if they separate, having some difficulties, we don't know the detail of it. We have no idea. We just assume. We can only assume. Oh, maybe he was an absolute bastard. We don't I, know the detail. I see, yeah, but I read that as they don't want to be together. Or she, well, he would, he would like to be with her because he's the one who came to to uh, find her in Dublin. Mm. But she's the one who left. She did not want to be with him. Hence why yeah, she just but then they might have now. sorted out the problems. There might have been a particular yeah. set of reasons why, and he's gone. Yeah. Okay, let's sort them out and let's deal with them. Mm. If you don't like me because I'm drinking, and then I'll stop drinking. Yeah, I'm hope I'm hopeful the people for the for the love that's fresh. I think well, their relationship was more of them pushing each other in the right direction and advising each other rather than love. Yeah, there was a, there is a love there, but it's an unrequited love, I think. It's 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 all it's very beautiful whichever way you look at it anyway. Um Yeah, yeah. I don't think I think both seem happy at the end that they met each other rather than it feeling like oh. Yeah, well that's why how you know it works because it is so interesting to try and figure out what all their mindsets are because it's not all in black and white like a Hollywood film would do. 
you can read into it and try and think like, oh, what do you think they think at this point? What, why did like, do you think he would actually go and try it out in London or what? Like, it, it, that, that's why it's good. It gives you, it gives you your own kind of um, mm. paints to try and paint a story yourself rather than giving it to, all to you. Yeah. Yep. You know, the two of them started dating when um, the film was being made. Really? What, uh, mm-hmm. Two main guy and yeah. girl. Well, that's yeah. maybe why you get these mixed relation, mixed messages from the characters. Mm. That's why she said she loved him. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe you can't love him. that's what it says. It's improvised. It was mm. it was improvised at that moment. So yeah. Mm. I, yeah, I did feel like there was. Um, it felt like a natural. It did feel very natural between them. Yeah. That was what was so nice. It actually felt like something was blooming, and it clearly was. He said there was definitely the feeling, this is Hansard, he said there was definitely the feeling we were documenting something precious and private because I'd been falling in love with her for a long time. Wow. They, they, they'd collaborated before, right? Yeah, they'd worked and toured together as this... Um, well, no, they hadn't. They hadn't toured. They'd worked together on musically. They'd known each other, but then after the film, they started touring together as a group called the Swell Season. Okay. Um, it's very beautiful when you see the two of them. There's a video which is incredible of them about four or five years ago. Because they're not together anymore, but um, mm-hmm. they're still very good friends. And there's a great video of them from like five years ago or four, five, four or five years ago performing together. It's very. It still feels very intimate, very close. They just have a beautiful connection together. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah it's that's um you can always really tell can't you like and that's what makes it so special especially when you hear stuff like that like they actually got together it's like well it just feel, it did feel very natural yeah like i'm like i'm re-watching game of thrones at the moment and between Jon snow and um ygrid is her name ygrid the lady over the wall yeah i don't know her name but I think yeah it's I know you're about. yeah and obviously they're still together. They have got children and everything now. And it's like you can feel you can feel something between them. Like is half the time it's like are they just improvising right now? Are they actually are they just well, like starting to get off of each other just because they fancied on set or because it feels real? Well, there you go. Mm. It does help. It does help that it has that documentary feel, like Sean said as well. Because yeah, it does feel very very intimate. And maybe yeah, if they, if the two of them didn't have that romantic chemistry off screen, mm. maybe that would have changed the performance. I am. Um, I like let's talk about how fucking good well in my opinion they're both very good considering that neither are actors they're musicians yeah they're very fucking believable I I, I was more like is this actually him singing rather than is this him acting yeah Yeah. Mm. yeah, just his fuck me his voice is just incredible um, yeah, very good. If I were to criticise anything about the performance, I would say that hers is slightly less natural. Um, but that may be—I don't know the detail of how long she'd been in in Ireland or whatnot—and having to speak in English, so that maybe explains why the dialogue feels slightly stilted on her end. Not completely, yeah. but it feels a little bit more like she is saying lines that she saw in a script. But because she's meant to be from Czech and talking in English, that would explain it too. Yeah. Her, her behaviour is very natural. Her performance isn't stilted. Just the way she yeah. delivers some of the lines feels a little, you know. I know what you mean. Yeah, it's almost like, um, almost like she's she's thinking, "What is the English word for this?" <laughs> like, yeah, that's that's how I just took it as. Because she's clearly like foreign to the country, and she's le- she's learnt the language. Yeah. Mm. 
and that's almost like why she's reading like she's reading from the translation book you know my favourite scene of hers is when she is writing the lyrics for the song for him and she goes to the corner shop to get the batteries and as she's walking back down the street yeah, the camera's just good. following and she's singing it brilliant how they incorporate that oh, oh, why does she never sing that song to him I think they record it together do they though I don't think they do I think there's an implication is that not the one that they do when they're around that little uh, sort of electronic control panel thing on the floor which has a weird kiddie sound to it mm, I don't think because I was, I was purposely look, like trying to listen for out for it I feel like they ever did it because she never actually sings herself. I don't think we, yeah, we never see her perform it directly for him. Mm, no. But the lyrics of it are something like, um, if you, she says something like, if you want me, if that's that's right, if you want me, satisfy me. Yeah. And I was, I was thinking that when I was watching that, I was trying to unpick that because obviously it's a connection to him because he's put a move on her the previous yeah, night yeah absolutely yeah. so it's like, if you want me satisfy me how would you satisfy satisfy her is it's like in order to satisfy me her at that point it's give me more than this heartbroken puppy dog which is fine and I I love you for that but show me show me who else you are mm-hmm. away from this ex who, are you, who can you be for me yeah who are you going to be absolutely. for me and ironically the best thing that he could possibly be for her is uh, this music beautiful musician who wants to follow his dream but that means going away from her which is mm. I, I yeah i absolutely stand by the, the reading that it's, it's definitely her at the, that point being like you need to go mm. because i won't love you if you stay the person i love isn't isn't who you'd be if you stayed yeah i think it's very tender as well like back to back the songs we get uh, is that one from her and then after that is him watching all the old videos of him and his old girlfriend. And yes. it's all about the little cracks. Yeah. How they escalated. Yeah. And it's like, it's just a broken relationship now. And it's like, this is the two sides of the coin from each character. And this is what they... Yeah. In their, this is their mindset at, the, at this moment. This is when he's realising that maybe the relationship wasn't all that it cracked up to be. Yeah. Even though he does go to London. Yeah, he goes to London, but he go he goes to London with uh, a great we purpose. We are hopeful, yeah, that it's not just for that reason. He's going to make it. He ain't going to make it in Dublin, stringing it, scene on those streets. He's going to make it in London with his CD mixtape. I love when they go to the studio and that guy who's overseeing everything at first is like, oh, I'm, yeah, I'm here with these fucking noobs. They don't know what they're yeah, doing. Good. <laughs> and then slowly, bit by bit, he's like won over by the magic of what they're doing. The absolute power and beauty of music, man says yeah, so much absolutely absolutely it's just for the loans the loans manager as well <laughs> just their story of how they what he's a yeah. musician <laughs> and he gets his guitar out <laughs> and the funny thing is it's it's like michael scott but it's like he's had this guitar just sat around in his office clearly <laughs> why you just whip it out like that <laughs> you can see him playing on a lunchtime <laughs> just like this is what i could have been yeah <laughs> but it's so it's all so beautiful man and i it really has no there is there isn't this um you know traditional thing of and now here's the here's the slump here's the bad thing that they then have to get over it's constantly quite life affirming yeah yeah sure and and beautiful and very I really pure. like i really like the uh the dinner party scene as well where everyone's just singing yeah, it's, it's like, that must be like a wonderful thing to go to if you're just like everyone's yeah. just jamming doing their own little yeah. jamming session I said to Jenny I would love to be at that 
Mm. But I could not partake because a I can't play an instrument well enough. You get kicked out, mate. <laughs> yeah, probably. Also, I like to be there, but I like to be able to leave whatever I leave. Whatever yeah, I leave. yeah, it's true. But it's lovely. It's lovely just seeing them. Just you know that lady singing and then that old man singing. It, mm. It's like when we went to this um, Little Earth Project Brewery in Suffolk a few months ago, and we were staying there camping. And one night, this just musicians came none of them really knew each other they just all played their own instrument and they sat in a circle about 12 of them and over the course mm. of three four hours they were just drinking pints and they would take it in turn one by one to play a song and it would just go round and round and it was incredible mm. I music mean, music man yeah. fucking hell it's life ain't worth living without it it definitely isn't i mean you could probably take like this whole film if you're reading it in kind of your terms that this dinner party scene is almost like a mini a minuscule version of what they experience where a small moment two people could just sing together and like create this wonderful music yeah. and then it's over and then they can just leave. Yeah. The beauty of it, that in depth connection mm. that people can have. It doesn't always have to be about sex. And you know, for putting this particular story aside, I I'm always a, a great fan of of uh, films and stories when they can show a man and a woman who have a deep connection but don't have to consummate the relationship it doesn't have to then become a romantic one because it's mm. almost like men and women can't connect deeply unless they're going to be yeah. romantically inclined because it's like what would happen right if you two were girls yeah mm. and I'd met you and we have this deep connection as we do I love you both you're, you're, you're my dear friends if you were women what would that what would that mean yeah, it is you, always different, isn't it? That you wanted to be with both of us. <laughs> well. This is a polyamory relationship. You wanted me and you want me and Adam to get off of each other so you could watch. That's what you want. Is that what you're getting? Oh well, chance would be a fine thing. <laughs> but you know, I like that. I, I, I like that we can see these deep connections, and it doesn't have to mean. Oh well, obviously they're in love. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Although I th I do agree with you though, Paul. I think they are in love with each other. They absolutely see beauty in one another and they could be together just in another life at another time at yeah. another time yeah you could you can you can just leave that film with hope that something nice is going to happen to both yeah of them, whether that's together or on their own yes yeah absolutely that's why it feels quite wholesome it does and and you know it bucks the trend again like you said with the dads, that moment when he plays the CD to his dad or the tape, mm, mm. and in another film, the dad would be against him going, "Come on, why don't you work here? Yeah. We, we, we're the trying hurdle. to do something." And the dad's like, "You fucking go, son. That's brilliant. Play it again. Here's some money for a deposit for a place in London. You're going to be amazing." Yeah, that's just Lovely. that is so wholesome. Yeah, very very beautiful to have that sport. And like when his dad brings in the tray of tea when they're practicing in the bedroom <laughs> yeah <laughs> beautiful <laughs> that is very nice what was your if you can remember what was your favorite song in the whole thing would you say i think her song the one when she's walking down the street yeah why is mm. the one in the piano shop that's such a beautiful moment yeah the one in the I piano shop might be my moment of the year as well there you go so oh, it's well, a like, very strong you know, early at the end of it i'm like at the beginning it's like a, a big solid pin in that one Mm -hmm. that one is absolutely beautiful it's true and uh, I'll tell you a funny story about that so after the film because it became such a hit people would go to 
Dublin and they would um, recognise the shop and they would go in and they would ask if they could play the song in there on the piano and the owner was like no 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 you can come in here you can play the piano but you can't play that song because that's just happening all the time so so I'm not allowing you to do it but then he decided to sell the piano to someone who was going to pay a lot of money for it because they had seen it in the film so Mm. he sold sold the piano but the owner sold the piano four times because someone would buy it and then he would order a replacement and then someone would come in and he would say oh yeah that's the piano that they did it on so out of the four people who have bought that is pianos only one has the legitimate piano imagine well, maybe not maybe the owner's still got it. the legit one they've all got the fakes i know <laughs> that's true that's funny I, as much as i do love that and i really do love that it is beautiful and it, it made me very emotional hearing it the the really strong moment for me is when he not long after the beginning of the film where it's at night when she comes up to him before she comes up to him and he's singing that song and the camera comes really close to him oh, where yeah. he's do- yeah. where he is belting out his mm. his words that's such a strong thing i encourage both of you to listen to a song that he wrote called leave after this okay which i saw him perform at latitude where he does that same thing but the whole song is about you could almost say it's an afterthought to this film in a slight way about what might have happened once he met up with his girlfriend in London okay. because it has this intimacy and it's a very gentle song. But the lyrics are something like, leave and free yourself at the same time. Let go of my hand. You've got what you came for, now leave. And it builds up builds up to a really sort of almost like angry, melodic shouting. What a voice. What power. Yeah, a very good voice. Wonderful. Was it busy Beautiful. when you went to see him at Latitude? Really wasn't. We were like two or three back from there because he had a crowd of about a hundred. About to say it's like so uh, he was niche. like first first performance of the day. Yeah, you know, in a small um, tent kind of on the side. Yeah, but real beautiful and lovely. He had a bigger beard by that point. Bigger, bigger beard. It's funny how we passed the things because, yeah, I'm 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 being extra lovely and kind to this film because of the connection with Jenny as well but we were like it's so mad how things have turned out as well because the place that they go to when they go to the coast and they go on that walk and she tells him about her husband mm. me and Jenny went to that place in Dublin five years ago we didn't even realise because we oh, totally wow. forgotten about that fucking scene we were watching it yesterday and we were like well that's where we fucking went what because you recognised the look of it yeah and where the oh, path well. they were walking on what, <laughs> what was on the coastal thing it was wild and I also liked that even though it was in Dublin, it was like real Dublin. It wasn't like yeah. city centre Dublin. It was like, mm. you know, if you film something in London, we're not all living in central London. I watched the beginning five minutes with Chelsea and she lived in Dublin for two years. And she was like, oh my God, that's that street. That's that street. That's that street. Oh, that's wow. like near where I used to live. Like, Oh, that's cool. Did she watch yeah. it with you? And she only watched the beginning five. Because oh. I watched it at like seven o'clock last Friday morning because I thought we might be doing a podcast in the afternoon on it. We had yeah. to cram it in, and then we didn't. Yes. Did you watch it with Zoe, Paul? I didn't, know. No. Oh. Lovely one to watch with the significant other. Mm. Yeah. Mm. you can break up and move to Ukraine <sighs> or wherever it was. Yeah. Ukraine? Where's she from? She's Czech Ukraine. Republic. Czech. Oh, Czech Republic, wasn't it? So. <laughs> Beautiful, these, these guys. Beautiful film, and uh, really lovely, and uh, strong recommend... Go out there yeah, and watch it. If you good. haven't watched it, you should be going out there watching it. I have to say, before yes. we reveal our scores, of course, the lowest person on Letterboxd for this is mm-hmm. the contrarian himself, Julio. What did they give it? Two. 
Really? Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, come on. I, there's a lot of heart in this film. I don't think you could give it a two. He didn't get, he has, there's no review to back it up either. So, Julio, please explain yourself. He, he, sir. Did, he did it. He heard we were doing the film and then put the score on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> Um, we got Great. anything else to say before we do the scores? Do you want to hear some stuff that people have to say before we go to the scores? Oh, yes. Yeah. Let's do that. So, first of all, we have Backstreet 74, and they say, Brilliant film, plus Glenn's band, The Frames, are well worth checking out too. Have you listened to The, fr- to the Frames? Yeah, ben? they're great. Yeah. Check out The Frames. Check out Glenn Hansard's solo stuff. Check out Mark Ayer's solo stuff. It's all, it's all very, very beautiful, if you like. Authentic Good heart. Shit music i can completely see why sean would be in love with this film mm. as much as, oh, yeah. as he is mm. of course uh the next one is from you can say ghost modern but yeah. spelled without so. any vowels yeah uh they just said it's great it is pedestrian at best says i'm a big fan of it i think the plot avoids sentimental tosh and the songs overall are sincere and well performed very good. Sean Faust says, wonderful movie. I saw them as the swell season at Radio City Music Hall a few years after the movie came out. Incredible live band. Mm, very nice. I've always wanted to go to Radio City Music Hall. Where's Radio City Music Hall? It's in New York. It's the one, the uh, big, one with all the neon lights over the top of it. I see. Yes, yes. Um, Eric Linden said, it's a great movie. Love the stage version too. Yeah. See, the thing is, I'm sure the stage version is great, but... I feel like that nothing's going to beat the film because of everything we've talked about, the connection between the two of them, Glenn Hansard actually performing the songs, mm. the documentary feel. I feel like it doesn't... I've, yeah, I can see how it might work, but I can't see how it could be better than the movie. Um, Rory O'B says, I watched this when I was younger and love Glenn Hansard's music now. It's good for that, if nothing else. I can barely remember what happens in it. I have to say, there is some truth to that where when I was watching this, I couldn't remember all that much about the narrative thread. You just remember the music. I remember the music and I remember that he Say goes to London at the end. Thank you for the music. And the music is the gift from it, really, between both of them. Yeah, yeah. If, the, if, the, if this is any episode that Adam could sing on, I'll allow it to happen on this yes, one. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Next, Paula says, never seen the film, but I absolutely love the song. <laughs> next there up, you go. Next up, we have Kimbo and it's an amazing film and awesome soundtrack. Sandy the Hippie also says, awesome soundtrack. And Tease Electric says, wonderful film. Check it out. So, there you go. Shall we move on to what we rate this film, then? Let's do it. Okay, well, I feel like you might think I'll give it higher than this, but I actually give it a seven. Yeah, I thought I it was thought good. Would, yeah. yeah, I thought it was good. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it's a seven. I'm exactly the same as Paul. I feel like the way we talk about this film, it sounds like I love it, but it is, it is a seven for me. It's a very solid high seven. Yeah, solid. Yeah. All right, and when I first watched it back in 2012, I had it as a seven, very, very solid, but with time, maturity, my own paths, my own connection with the music and and the story threads and and how I view and read the whole thing, it's far too too beautiful to be giving it a seven, and it's so close to being absolutely perfect. It's a nine. Oh, wow. I I find barely anything to find fault with it. Uh, I think because you've added your personal elements to it, it it would tighten it so much. Totally helps. Yeah. It's the N-word, isn't it? It's the N-word. It's the N-word. Nostalgia. <laughs> uh, so, all right. So that then, therefore, means... And do we have a score from Sean that we include in this? Uh, yeah, yes, yes. 10 because out of 10 Sean from Sean. gives it a 10, which means we have 8.25 as our average score. It is sadly not going to be enough to take it into the top 20. 
I know Sean was keen to see it in the top 20, but sadly, it is not going into the top 20. But it's going to do very, very well because it's going to be quite, quite high up. So the 8.25 average means we have to decide, is it better or worse than the two popes? I say it's better than the two popes. I, I rate two popes higher. Can't. Yeah, I rate two popes higher, but I think this is a better film. But Adam, your logic makes no sense. <laughs> well, just because you give a score. It's, it's like that. It means you likes it more. Yeah. Well, there we go. So, unfortunately, it doesn't move up any higher than that, which means it is bottom of the 8.3s, because it's 8.25, you know, unique score. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But it's above us, which I think we'll take, because that's a bit of a banger. <sighs> and uh, it's gone us above us. Us is a banger, that. mate. And us is a banger. Well, that's what that's I mean. Scott, us, that's us, is <laughs> us is a banger. Us is a banger. It's gone above that. No, Scott took us down. I know. It's Scott's fault for us being so low. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm fine <laughs> with that. So, Sean, just so you know what company that film is now keeping, as I say, it is above us, but it is below the other 8.25s, which were The Two Popes, Mission Impossible, Fallout, The Straight Story, The Vanishing, and Invisible Man. Um, but who knows when the guests can throw their score at something, some other lover of once may bump it up. But of course... Julio might do an act of war because if he ever throws his two stars at that, he'll drag it right down. Julio is a psychopath for doing that. I don't feel like he hates it that much. Only four. Four out of ten. (laughs) I thought you were going to like this a bit more, Adam. I thought you'd have rated it higher. um, Yeah, I did think in music. Yeah, but I think it's all the music rather than the narrative, maybe. Like you say, you kind of forget it. I don't know. It just, and and at seven, just a really high seven for me just feels right. Jesus Christ, I almost died at the end of the sentence. What a horrendous what noise. What Don't leave that in the fog. I was like, scared yeah, leave that in. Sound like heaved. I'm scared the shit out of everybody. Oh, Adam. It's a very high seven. <laughs> yeah, fucking sneeze is fucking a lot. But yeah, it's a high seven for me, isn't it? Very oh, good. good. Would you, would you, either of you be interested in seeing that him live? Or them live? Uh, maybe. Depends how much it was and where it was. <laughs> You know how I feel about going to concerts. Give me Ramstein, give me Enter Shikari, and uh, I'll go there. Enter yeah, I can't be bothered. Yes. No, but other than that, I can't be bothered. <laughs> I don't want all those people around me. Yes. Fuck them people. Yes. It's time to tell everyone what film we are doing next, Adam. Yeah, so this there's so many films to pick from this year like so many films and it is so hard to pick there's it's kind of just depending of what where i want to go with it and um there's there's films we could do sequels of that we've watched before um oh christ there's films that throw complete curveballs in there heavens but, there's a film that I've wanted to rewatch for a while, and I thought there's no better thing to bring into the podcast. I know it's going to be a bit of a meaty, meaty one because I know you two absolutely love this film. Oh, oh hang on, shit. hold, hold, oh, hold, hold, hold. What? Because that's what you picked? No, no. Let's, I would try and work this out. <laughs> a I film that even me looks... and you love. No, no, no I'm not looking it. either. But a film I that me and you love. Rating, but I really want to rewatch this film. 2007. 2007. A film that me and Paul love, and you. Don't like so quite as much as you know, I like it as well. Oh, right. you the go, year you before, two give it like a ten out of ten, I think, or nine out of ten, and I give it a nine. But I have only oh, watched it once. Okay, I know where you're going with this. Fuck me if it's what I think you're doing. Jesus Christ! It's good. I'm going to pick. There will be blood. <laughs> oh, oh shit! 
but we'll get ready for a five-hour records. Jesus. I know, man. It's gonna be. It's gonna be a meaty one. I was gonna pick that with the Simpsons movie. Hey, we're going in on There Will Be Blood. Yeah. How could, how could, big boy in my pants, opinion, boys. it went down to that or there'll be, well, no country frog. Man. You can leave I love how Adam be... says, oh yeah, I think my best scene of 2007 is going to be the one in that piano. I know, this is the only thing I had. There Will Be Blood. I had it in the back of my head. I was like, if I rewatch this film and think that scene as good as it was, Fuck <laughs> then for a different reason, that might be the scene of the year. Well, Christ. <laughs> Let me go. Let me go on there and hide my rating from our listeners now. So don't, they don't know. I didn't know if I no. wanted us to just love a film or like. Oh, brother, this this can be a meaty one to fucking talk about for sure. Mm. You're right. Mm. Christ. Well, I look forward to it. Yeah, I I <sighs> look forward to it very much. Very much. Hey, so keeping the musical it. connection as well because Johnny Greenwood did the score, mm-hmm. and he's the wonderful musician of Radiohead. Look of us. Look of us. Look of us. Good stuff. Right, should we move on to what our patrons have to say this week? If we must. Let's do it. If you want to become a patron, become a patron at www.patreon.com forward slash filmbusters and you can suggest films that everyone should watch on a weekly basis on the podcast and say, hey, hey, look, this is a good film you should watch. Hey, this is a really bad one. Please do not watch. Yes, depending on how busy we are. But you can become a patron just like the likes of Jason Clarkson. Next up, we have Francis Siberini, one of our newest patrons. And then we have Andy Bishop, the holiday friend. <laughs> then we have Ben from Film Vloggers. We've got Mark and Steve from Movie Drone. We have the Home Video Hustle Boys. We have Mr. Lukey Lukey Human. <laughs> We've also got Fiona Stewart. We have the lovely Sean Panda Nicholson, who has kicked off 2007 with a bang and a banger. Bless your heart. Go and watch his uh, Christmas advent calendar of songs. He's doing one song a day on the guitar for you people. Go and check out his beautiful voice. Yeah, it was very good. I I very much loved it. Yes. Uh, We also have uh, Mr. Nerdrover, Albuquerque boy. Yes, we do. We have the man who doesn't like once, Julio. Boo fucking hiss. We've got (laughs) Jamie Russell. That boo wasn't for you, Jamie. That was for Julio. <laughs> Sounded like it was for Jamie. <laughs> I know. Certainly not for Jamie. Julio, explain your fucking self. <laughs> and last of all, we have Katie and Oti from the For Your Reference podcast. First of all, we have Jamie Russell. And he's got to say, I would recommend giving Arthur Yang a go. It is a slow burn, low-key sci-fi that comments on our relationship and growing dependence upon technology. Colin Farrell is really impressing me with his film choices and his performance is subtle yet convincing as a father struggling to deal with. Well, it's best to find out for yourself. And Baccarat Blind is as much as you can. And Baccarat Blind it as much as you can. I'm avoiding... I'm avoiding... God, you... What's... You turn into Adam today? I'm ill! I'm ill! <laughs> I'm avoiding all trailers at the moment and I have yet to have a film spoiled for me as a result. Yeah. Um, I don't know what this After Yang is. Suppose nope. we don't probe it. I've and had just... it on my list for a while and it's, yeah, I think it's just come onto Sky, but I, I don't know anything about it. I just know it's got Colin Farrell in it. So That's good. Like, yeah, it's I'm the best way. It's the best go. way to do it. It's the best way to do it, Adam, according yes. to Jamie. It's absolutely... the Avoids trailers at all costs. Now, I just re- there is no point because trailers do spoil so fucking much. I just don't. I, that's why I really have no idea what films are coming out. 
Next up, we have Sean, who gave us the film once, and um, he is on a run of shitty Christmas films. I think the man's obsessed with Christmas, isn't he? Yes, he's, he's watching a lot of Christmas films. He's, he's intentionally watching the worst ones, it appears, yes. but more power to him. <laughs> and and all, the, all the covers, they're my all the same. My they girlfriend do. does the same, but she listens to shitty Christmas songs, which I think is maybe worse, because they I are think that is worse. awful, <laughs> like, awful, but... Um, Yes. Anyway, he says, update on the shitty Christmas films. Best, it's still broadcasting Christmas. Can't get enough of Melissa Joan Hart. She's oh, my girl. She's my yep. Christmas queen. She is my Christmas queen. That sounds like, oh, that's like a nice little song. She's my Christmas oh, queen. Yeah. And worst is Christmas in Carolina. I was almost said California there. Carolina. I don't want to talk about, I don't want to talk about that one. A bad production all round. I love you all. I mean... The thing is with Christmas films is they're shit at best at the beginning. Like even the good ones are kind of shit at their core, and that's what makes them amazing. Because you kind of have to go tacky, you have to go stupid, you have to go over the top. So when that doesn't land, I can imagine it's just yeah. Mm. Well, the best Christmas film, as I've said before, is still a Christmas Carol with George C. Scott. Oh. Still haven't seen it. No. Mm. You boys don't like to take my recommendations. Maybe I will this Christmas. We'll see. You know Melissa Joan Hart. Mm bad news for anyone who, who's a fan she's a big old republican uh oh oh yes Uh-oh. scott won't like that sabrina there you go <laughs> but you know kelsey Grammer is a republican too and, and oh. he's he's in a christmas film that sean's just watched all the republicans <laughs> love the christmas film because they think you, you can't say christmas anymore so all the republicans go and make christmas films well it's all red isn't it it's all yeah, red there you go very clever yeah. very good very good yeah and it's about a white man old white man with a big beard <laughs> yeah he touches kids <laughs> exactly. uh, next up is Luke Human, who says 2022's The Menu is a hugely unsubtle satire that's much more of a black comedy than it is of any sort of horror Taylor Joy is as impressive as ever and Fines is perfectly cast as the enigmatic chef however it is Holt and Chow who are the most delightful we're served up some mystery and there are twists that keep things interesting beyond the obvious narrative direction a brilliant and funny romp with its tongue firmly in its cheek that had me grinning for all of its well paced 100 minutes Nothing bad unless you count rewatching the Star Wars prequels with my kids, while objectively horrible are still incredible. Ooh, nice. Well, Adam, you are the you are the uh, only one who can comment on all of that. Yeah. Well, the menu, like I was saying from Jamie's point there, the menu, the trailer for it, it gives it away. The best thing about watching the menu was you didn't know what it was going to be. It was the tone of the film changes, and you don't. It, it's just like. It's everything is given away in the in the trailer. It's like if you go into the film knowing nothing, I thought it was going to be like a boiling point, mm. like a, just a night in a restaurant. When there's other levels to it, but like, the trailer just ruins every single element of it, and it gives away so so much. Like, so what's the best way to experience this film? You reckon? Baccarat. <laughs> no, he didn't even say it though. He didn't he, say he it didn't properly. Even say it. He Baccarel just said the fucking I've film got my title. I've got my, yeah, I've that's got the my shorthand. He just went back around. I got back around. He can't, say, he can't sit, do the alliteration. <laughs> he finds it hard. Back around. You're a it's monstrous it. boy. <laughs> I've got my back around blind mug as well. Drinking out of it this morning. Our dear listeners can't are. see that. I know they can't. Well, they they should. They can see it in their eyes. They can see it on our web, Patreon website where they can buy merch. Excellent. Good plug. Oh, there you go. Very good. Oh, it's me now, is it? Yes. <laughs> it is. Okay, well, next we have Nerd Revert, Mr. Albuquerque himself, and he says, Best, the Banshees of Insurance. It's beautifully bleak 
and worst is Disney's Dinosaur from 2000, almost like a bridge the gap movie in animation style. Oh, I used to love the film Dinosaur. Of course you did, mate. But I was like watching it when I was like six. So what is like, Dinosaur? Yeah. What happens? It's a fat film and all the dinosaurs die. Is it? Yeah, it's about the some of them survive. comet here, isn't it? Yeah, Something? and some of them go to this little thing. And I remember them. All I can really remember about them is all looking for water, and then they all start getting angry and they start jumping up and down on the spot. And as they jump down, they crack through the earth, and all the water rises out of the earth. Oh shit! It's quite a beautiful mm. moment. True to life. There you go. Dinosaurs jumping. <laughs> well, they were like me. stomping. Not... <laughs> they were like the what's the massive ones? So have you seen Deadpool? Diplodocus. I've I've seen it, but a very long ago, very long you need time to, ago. You need to log it. I wouldn't uh, even know what to rate it. Adam I don't remember it, it. Adam gives it a six. Yeah. Well, Banshees. You've, we spoke about this, haven't we? We spoke what about Banshees. Yes, absolutely. Mm. Good stuff, nerd. Still haven't se- I still haven't seen it. Catch it. Let's see if it makes it onto your top of the year. We shall see. Next up, we have um, Julio. He says, best glassed onion. Just sit back and watch a master storyteller at work. I look forward to a new Benny Ott Blanc mystery every few years. <laughs> Benny Ott. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you'd do that. Benoit. Benoit Blanc mystery every few years. Worst IO, which we did for an up and coming episode. The poster child of a city sci-fi Netflix original. <laughs> One of them, at least. Well... Well, I've hang never heard on. of IO. Hang on. IO, not the television series. Is IO the one where there's loads of little mini series, like t- 10, 15 minute episodes? Is that what they're talking about? Because that, that, um. I remember watching one of them. Oh, no, 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 it's one. not. It's a film. There is a. T- there was a I'm series, sh- right, where it was loads of little. Yeah, we, we watched the first season. They're very fucking weird. Anyway, that's not what he's talking about. I uh, don't really know what IO is, but obviously. We'll avoid it and just listen to their contrarians episode on it. Yes, please. Looking forward to it. And that's that's the end of the, the episode, guys. Yeah. I look forward to watching There Will Be Blood, Adam. Yes, I know. It's I it was there's so many films to pick from. Oh, I can't I haven't even looked yet, but I, I look forward to that one and then we'll see. But before then, uh you guys can catch the monthly roundup episode which we're about to call which we're about to record right now. Otherwise we'll just see you next time. On there will be blood! Ill Busters.